Good day and welcome to For the Love of Pets podcast. This is Dr. Donald Shreves, owner and operator of the Pottsgrove Animal Hospital in Pottstown, Pennsylvania. Today we're going to talk about parasites. This is the second part of my parasites lectures. The first part, which you may have already listened to, deals with external parasites such as fleas, ticks, and lice. Today's second part is going to talk about internal parasites. So we're going to talk about worms. We're going to talk about protozoal parasites. Um, we're going to talk about a few other things as well that could affect your animals. And unfortunately, if you're not careful, can certainly affect you as well. So stay tuned. I'll be back in a few, and we will get discussing some very important information. Welcome back to For the Love of Pets. Again, I'm Dr. Donald Shreves, and today we're going to be talking about parasites. These are going to be internal parasites, the ones that unfortunately get inside your animal, and potentially, if you're not careful, can get inside of you as well. So first, let's talk about some general types of uh, internal parasites, and then we'll go into a little more specifics about each. So parasites um, are life forms that exist within uh, another life form, and basically... Uh, drain the nutrients and drain the life energy from that life form, okay, at the detriment of that life form. So they're things that hurt their hosts. So what types of different things can we talk about? Well, of course, there's worms. Everybody's heard about worms. But how many types of worms can you have in a dog? Well, there's several different types um, in dogs and cats. There's round worms. There's hookworms. There's whipworms. There's tapeworms. There's protozoal parasites. Now, these are not worms, but little microscopic parasites, um, such as coccidia and uh, cryptosporidium and giardia. Um, and then there's things like toxoplasmosis, um, which is a, uh, another type of parasitic infection that can happen. Um, and some of these affect people and some of these don't. So... You know, you never want to have parasites because they harm the host. They're going to harm your animal. Um, but if you're not careful, they certainly can harm you as well. At least not all of them, but definitely some of them. So the first one we're going to talk about, we're going to talk about hookworms. Hookworms are an intestinal worm, okay, that's commonly found in dogs, cats, and other animals. They live in the small intestines, and then they pass their eggs out in the stool. They're actually called hookworms because they actually have little hooks in which they use to attach themselves to the intestinal lining. So very rarely do you see these worms passed out in the stool. Instead, they pass out the eggs, which are microscopic and are not visible um, to the naked eye. That's why when you bring your animal into your uh, family veterinarian, they want to check a fecal sample. What they're looking for is these microscopic eggs produced by these type of worms and other types of worms as well. So if your dog has hookworms, this is, can be a very serious infestation because they feed on the blood of the host. So you're, if it's a bad enough infestation, a bad enough infection of hookworms, your dogs can become severely anemic. If it's a young dog, like a puppy, um, they can get very malnourished. They can get very weak. I actually have seen dogs that have died from severe enough hookworm infestations. So it's not something um, that you want to 
really mess around with uh, with your pets. If they're diagnosed, you want to get them on a good dewormer. You want to treat the environment and make sure you clean up their poop really well. The other important reason about hookworms is they are contagious to humans. The larvae of the hookworm can penetrate human skin and cause a skin order. It's known as cutaneous larval migraines or a creeping eruption. It's not common, but if you have... Um, you know, your dog has hookworms and it's passing the eggs out in the poop and then you don't clean up the poop. Or even if you do clean up the poop to a degree and your kids go outside and are playing in the yard where the dog pooped and they put their hand in where the poop was, guess what? That's a way it can happen, unfortunately. So you want to make sure you clean up after your dogs right away. Potentially treat the environment with something like lime to kill any potential eggs or larvae from the worm that might be there. Now, the second type of parasite we're going to talk about is roundworms. This is actually one of the most common types of intestinal parasites that we see in dogs and cats. Um, I would say probably 9 out of 10 positive fecals I get are for roundworms. Um, this is transmitted by a fecal-to-oral route, as most of these things are. So the eggs are passed out in the feces by an infected animal, and your dog ingests the eggs, usually by chewing grass, dirt, eating the poop, unfortunately. Um, it can also get it um, from their moms. A lot of times they're, infest they're infected because the moms have them and pass them on to them while they're nursing. Um, so the larvae travel through the body to the intestine where they develop into mature worms. The adults deposit eggs, which then pass out in the stool and develop into infected larvae. And that's how the life cycle is complete. Um, again, diagnosed by a stool sample, being checked microscopically, um, and then can be treated with a good dewormer medication and the environment. Again, another problem with this one, these type of worms and roundworms do infect people as well. Uh, it doesn't occur frequently, especially if you practice good hygiene. Again, it's a fecal to oral route. So again, your dog poops out in the yard. Your kids go out and play in the yard, and they touch the area of the poop where the poop was, they get the worm eggs on their hands. They don't wash their hands. They come in for lunch. They eat their sandwich for lunch, and there you go. That's how they can get infected. So good hygiene. Make sure if you have a dog that has been diagnosed with roundworms, make sure that everybody washes their hands on a routine basis after handling the dog. Make sure you clean the poop up as much and as quickly as you can so that to prevent uh, minimal infestation into the environment, you can also treat the environment with environmental sprays or lime just to, again, help to uh, keep the larvae and the eggs to a minimum in the environment. Um, because when these worms get into people, they can primarily cause two things that we see. One is a, a uh, visceral larval migraines. So the larvae of the worms actually migrate through your internal organs, primarily the liver, uh, which can cause liver problems. The other concern is that this can actually get into the eye, and we get an ocular larval migraine, so you actually have a worm larva present in the back of your eye, and that can cause partial or irreparable permanent blindness, um, even if it's caught and treated quickly. So definitely something you don't want to mess around with, and you want to make sure that you take care of and keep cleaned up as quickly and as regularly as possible. All right, let's move on to the next uh, type of worm that we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about tapeworms. And this is one specific type of tapeworm called Echinococcus. Um, it's a disease of people and animals. So again, this is a tapeworm that can affect not only your pets, but you and your family as well. There are three primary species in the Echinococcus uh, 
subgenre of tapeworms. This includes the Echinococcus multiocularis, the Echinococcus granulosus, and the Echinococcus volgi. These diseases can be serious and potentially even fatal in patients, in humans, um, but they can be prevented. Um, Echinococcus multiocularis is a very short worm, about maybe an eighth of an inch long, which makes it very difficult to see in the poop, and it can be contracted from dog or cat feces. The eggs of this resemble the more common tapeworms, making diagnosis uh, difficult um, because it can be uh, misinterpreted as a different type of tapeworm. Um, this type of tapeworm is more becoming more prevalent in the mid-central states and in Canada. Uh, it takes two different animals for this worm to complete its life cycle. Okay, so the adult worm lives in the intestines of foxes, coyotes, dogs, and cats. And they can pass it, the, the tapeworm, or its segments in their stool. And then the eggs are spread throughout the soil, where they can live for months outside on the ground. Um, a rodent, a sheep, or a person becomes infected by accidentally swallowing the worms, or the eggs of the worms, and then, which then hatch in the intestines, migrate via the bloodstream, or the lymph system into the liver, the lungs, or the brain. Um, they develop into large cysts that, that often resemble cancerous growths, where they can also be misinterpreted as a uh, you know, cancer instead of a worm. Um, the cysts remain in the rodent until they're eaten by a dog, a fox, or a cat, and then the cycle starts all over again. People um, with large cysts can become a very ill, and in some cases, uh, it can kill a person. So, something you want to be careful of. Now, Echinococcus granulosus is similar, except that it's more widespread throughout the world, and the domestic dog is the main host. Again, contaminated feces are eaten by sheep as they graze, and the cystic stage develops over a three-year period in the sheep. If an infected sheep is killed and then eaten by a domestic or wild dog, the life cycle becomes complete. If a person accidentally swallows the eggs, large cysts again may form in multiple areas of the body. Um, the Echinococcus vulgi is similar to those above, but it's just more prevalent in Central or South America. Um, it can be prevented. Periodic deworming of pets that are allowed to roam is recommended because it's difficult to see in the stool. Um, it should definitely be suspected if a pet passes any type of tapeworm. If your kids have uh, sandboxes, make sure they're covered to prevent stray animals from pooping in them. And of course, good hygiene should always be practiced. Wash your hands after working in the garden or playing in the sand. And then hunters and others who work with wildlife should definitely wash their hands well before eating or putting any objects in their mouths. So it is a preventable disease just by general um, hygiene, okay, washing your hands, especially if you're in contact with anything that could possibly carry the tapeworm and any kind of, um, large, uh, feral animals, wild animals, or, or even just stray dogs and cats. All right. So the next internal parasite we're going to talk about is the strongyloides, which is a type of small roundworm. Okay. Find primarily in cats, dogs, foxes, and occasionally people as well. Um, they're about a sixteenth of an inch long and live in the intestinal lining. So the eggs will hatch while they're still in the intestine, and then the live larvae are passed out in the poop, where they can reaffect the host or others by being eaten or by skin penetration. So if they're passed out and you step in the poop with your bare feet, uh, certainly these larvae could penetrate through your skin and give you problems. Um, Primarily, diagnosis is made by finding the larvae in microscopic examination of the feces, okay? Um, 
very often symptoms that we'll see will include uh, loss of appetite, coughing, discharge from the eyes, later developments of diarrhea or signs of infection. Um, the disease lowers resistance to other infections and can or may resemble or occur in combination with canine distemper. People are usually affected by larvae that penetrate the bare feet as a person walks through contaminated soil. They travel to the lungs via the bloodstream and then are passed into the feces within two to three weeks. So, again, easy to contract. You may not even know you could potentially contract it. Um, so, this is definitely something for always wearing your shoes, especially when you're in areas where um, domestic dogs and cats or wild animals may have pooped. Um, this can include, like, public parks dog parks and places like that you never want to go into these areas barefoot um, if you can avoid it just for your own safety all right next internal parasite we're going to talk about is toxoplasmosis okay this is a microscopic organism this is not a worm it's a protozoal type parasite um, it's done by an organism called toxoplasma gondii um, cats often have it um, but often show no signs or illness but they can develop diarrhea labored breathing uh, lymph node enlargement and death you know, if they have a bad enough infestation. They form cysts within the host and injure various organs of the body, which includes the brain. Um, only animals of the cat family are definitive hosts for this parasite. Um, so it completes the life cycle within the cat. Um, and other stages are sometimes done in other animals, but they're intermediate hosts. They are not the definitive host. Cats are the definitive host. Um, Intermediate hosts, however, serve a source for toxoplasmosis if they're eaten by another animal, such as a cat eating an infected rodent. So if the rat has it and the cat kills and eats the rat, that's how the cats get it, okay? They pass the eggs for about two weeks in their feces, and then they begin to develop some natural resistance to the organism and no longer pass the eggs unless their immune system has become weakened, okay? Important things about this, um, you know, public health significance of a cat in a household if, you're pre if you have a wife or a girlfriend or if you yourself are pregnant. Okay, infected people, toxoplasma can cause nerve and mental disorders as well as abortion and even death in an unborn child. So adults primarily will get things like a mild flu-like symptom or even be completely unaware they have infection. Okay, so if you have somebody that's expecting or that knows that they're pregnant, um, do not have that person clean the litter box okay make sure somebody else does but you always want to make sure the litter box is clean daily um, to prevent any kind of infestation to prevent any kind of infection into especially the people um, that may be pregnant cover your children's outdoor sandboxes again do not allow uh, your cats to stray outdoors so they don't eat other animals or raw meat wear gloves while gardening and of course as always maintain good hand washing um, you know this is a dangerous thing for a pregnant person, but just because you're pregnant does not mean you can't own a cat. But common sense should prevail. Do not eat raw or undercooked meat is a much more important source of human, you know, because that's a much more important source than cats. Um, so make sure you cook your meat thoroughly. So you can get it from your cat, but it's not the most common source in people. The most common source of toxoplasmosis, undercooked meat, raw meat. So stay away from those things. Make sure your meat is cooked thoroughly. And as a safety precaution, don't clean the litter box. Make sure somebody else does it. All right, next type of intestinal worm we're going to talk about is a whipworm infection. Um, now, whipworms, they kind of look like a whip, hence the name. They have a long, thin, and then they have a kind of thicker area at the bottom that looks like the handle of a whip. 
and they live in the large intestines and also the cecum, which is a small pouch um, right at the area between the small and large intestine. Um, it kind of resembles a human appendix, though our appendix is not a cecum. Um, it's difficult to see in the stool because it's very small, and the eggs are what we look for microscopically when we're examining poop looking for whipworms. Uh, they cause diarrhea. Uh, they cause bloody feces and general poor health in the animals. Um, in severe enough infestations, you can get massive rectal bleeding. Um, diagnosis is, of course, with microscopic examination of the poop. Um, sometimes you got to check several poops before you find them. Oftentimes the eggs are not passed out constantly. They're kind of in cycles, okay? Um, so this is not something that's really a problem for humans, okay? Um, this is more primarily one uh, that is in your dogs and your cats, though. So you got to keep an eye out if your cat is or your dog is having massive diarrhea, bloody diarrhea. Um, get a fecal sample checked. Make sure you're not dealing with a whipworm infection. All right, next thing we're going to talk about, we're going to talk about another protozoal parasite. It's not a worm again. It's a protozoa, and it's called Giardia. Okay, this is something that affects people. Affects dogs, cats, and other animals, okay? Uh, it's a microscopic organism um, that, again, is ingested um, when you eat contaminated food or water. Uh, it primarily lives in the upper small intestine, and infected individuals do pass cysts out in their stool, and then those cysts are what are infective to the next person or the next animal. Diagnosis is difficult. Um, there are a lot of times you can't see the cysts in the poop. You don't get the right sample. They're not passing cysts at that moment. So it often is difficult to diagnosis, and sometimes you got to do multiple samples to make sure um, that you don't have a GRD infection. Um, it prevents absorption of nutrients. It damages the intestinal lining. It interferes with digestion, which is why you get diarrhea. Okay. Unfortunately, it is a relatively common intestinal parasite of people, and good hygiene should be practiced where gi where giardia has been diagnosed in your pet. Again, wash your hands. Um, do not allow children to handle the poop. And when you are done handling the poop or the animal, wash your hands thoroughly to prevent any kind of contamination uh, into you or your family. Next one we're going to talk about is um, another protozoal parasite. It's called coccidia. Okay, coccidiosis, it's again, it's a parasitic disease of the intestinal tract caused by a protozoal microscopic organism. It's spread um, through con contact with contaminated feces. We also see it uh, spread a lot through um, stagnant water, okay, because the, the uh, cysts get into the water. It's drank by your um, pets, and that's how it gets into you. Uh, it often causes a bloody diarrhea, but is not a threat to people. Okay, so people don't get coccidia. People can get giardia, but they don't get coccidia. So if your pet's diagnosed with coccidia, it's not something you or your children or your family can get. But of course, as always, as we've said uh, probably a hundred times in this podcast, general good hygiene, wash your hands before you eat or put them in your mouth when you have a pet that might have any kind of parasites. So now we've talked about all the different kinds of parasites, or at least a lot of them. Now there's a lot more out there, but these are the most common ones that are most commonly seen in um, our pets and unfortunately sometimes in our children. Um, so what does this, what's the bottom line with all this? Well, the bottom line is making sure that you get your puppies and your kittens and very oftentimes your adult dogs dewormed or at minimum get a poop checked yearly, okay? Um, 
Talking about the ones, as a summary, roundworms and hookworms are common intestinal parasites of puppies and kittens. Um, you know, puppies and kittens are often held um, by young children, and they like to cuddle them, which seems, you know, great. It's wonderful. It's, it's, it's bonding. But then they don't practice good hygiene. They don't go wash their hands afterwards when they should. And then they pick up other things that goes in their mouth. Um, they kiss their pets, and they suck their thumbs. You know, so whatever is there ends up in the stomach and then um you know there you go you end up with these type of worms you know dog and cat roundworms and hookworms um may be present in unborn puppies or spread to puppies through the milk or during nursing uh infected puppies start shedding eggs as early as three weeks of age kittens can be shedding eggs as early as two to three weeks of age um the uh Roundworms have the migrating larval stage, which can go into intestinal, uh, goes from the intestines, can migrate into the liver, can migrate into the eye, which can cause, you know, blindness. Some of these can even travel to the brain. Um, and this is, you know, serious illnesses that's all come from your pet that could have been prevented by good hygiene and also strategic deworming. Um, studies and information um, downloaded from the CDC website recommend having a stool sample checked yearly by your veterinarian just to look for worms and in parasites because just because your dog doesn't have them as a puppy or you deworm him and get rid of him as a puppy doesn't mean he can't reinfest himself. You know, just because, again, you're on a monthly heartworm prevention like Interceptor that covers a lot of these worms, there is no dewormer that covers everything and nothing is 100%. So the CDC still recommends yearly uh, fecal examinations by your veterinarian on your yearly checkups to make sure that there is nothing there that's going to harm you or your family. Um, and as a veterinarian, it's great because it, we don't want anything to harm your pet as well. You know, we don't want your family harmed either, but we don't want your pet harmed either. Um, so get a fecal sample checked once a year. Make sure your puppies are dewormed, even if the vet comes back with a negative or in this case, a no, no parasite seen response to your uh, fecal examination. Remember, no parasite scenes means no parasite seen. It doesn't mean no parasites. It means in that sample that you brought in, that your veterinarian tested, they didn't see any eggs or live parasites. That doesn't mean they're not there. And most parasitologists will tell you there is no such thing as a negative fecal. It's only no parasites seen. So you still should get them dewormed when they're puppies every two to three weeks and then get their poop checked once a year. All right, so that's kind of a, a disgusting little talk, but it's something that's really necessary because it's very important information for you and your family to have on how to keep yourself safe and how you can still love and enjoy your pets as well. So... After all that, um, we're going to get ready to sign off here for the day. If you have any questions about this or any other podcast or anything else that you can think of in veterinary medicine, you can shoot it over to me as an email at ForTheLoveOfPetsPodcast at gmail.com. I will try to get answers as quickly as I can to people. Some things I may answer on the air, but I'll always try to shoot you a private answer if I can't get it um, into a future podcast. But continue listening to future podcasts because your question may spark something that we need to discuss and make sure that people are educated and learned about.
All right, so this is Dr. Donald Shreves from the Pottsgrove Animal Hospital signing off for tonight. Remember to always love your pets because they're always going to love you. We're going to see you soon. God bless you all.